have oh, the yeah, pain it's a, count. It's no good. Yeah, it's no good. But um, Chris, dude, thanks for fucking hopping on this thing with us, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for inviting me, man. This is real cool. Yeah, it's uh, this this is gonna be a lot of fun, I think, because um, you and I have known each other probably close to like fifteen years now. We started hanging out when we were in our early 20s and just kind of started hanging around a a similar friend group and our bands played together sometimes and we we were just uh yeah man yeah i feel like we just kind of like saw each other most weekends you know at the bar right and uh i've been thinking about like I, i i was telling somebody about coming on and being like explaining who you were uh and i told them exactly that um and uh dude francie's like we go back to uh that that bar in corona that you guys kind of all met and then i kind of funneled my way in there through other friends yeah you guys are from corona so this whole year is fucking your fault yeah yeah. forever just decided yeah just decided forever associated with like our city is like with this virus which is very funny but yeah we used to hang out at what we thought was like the cool dive bar in our early 20s while everybody else was at like you know doing some young club shit we were hanging out with all right. these like 40 year olds and 50 year olds at barnacles this, yeah. at this dive bar you know just making making friends with the regulars and shit and yeah we hung out there a lot and um yeah we had a lot of a lot of mutual f- friends and that kind of stemmed into you and I having our own friendship and hanging right. out on our own. And yeah, you've definitely like, we've gotten to kick it a couple of times since you, you came up to Portland and visited and yeah, it's just yeah, been, yeah. been cool that we've, we've maintained a, uh, a friendship, but, uh, this is going to be cool because I don't think we've really ever like dove in, into anything on the spirituality or religion level right. you I know think we both, like i think we both are aware that we're on that level in some way but you're right we've never we've never like one-on-one or even i think in a group like had a, a, a sit down on on that level yeah so talk to andrew and i just about kind of your your religious background or your your upbringing and feel free to just kind of share whatever you feel comfortable with sharing uh, no pressure to uh, you know divert like divulge any juicy details, but but by all means, if you want to, yeah, if you want to, <laughs> if, you, if you need if you need to let loose, <laughs> the juicier the better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what was uh, what was growing up for you like? Um, so I come from a uh, moderately strict like Mexican Catholic background. Um, it was like church on Sundays, uh, very, uh, very rigid, but, but like you, you learn to respect it kind of, uh, upbringing in the religion, um, did all my, or, or most of my like sacraments, first communion, confession, baptism, obviously. And then, um, I, I never did my confirmation though. I think that's kind of like, uh, once you hit that point as an adult, you, you determine if you if you take that step or unless your parents like made you do it. How old are you for your confirmation? Like you're 15. like fifteen. You it's when you get into high school you start getting education for it. Word. And right. it's it's when you you know, and then you finally become like an adult member of the church when you finish this thing. I also uh 
grew up Catholic and did not make it through the confirmation stuff. Like I went to the, some of the high school education stuff probably Mm -hmm. for like three or four weeks. And then, um, yeah, life shift stuff and, uh, didn't have to, like, I wasn't really made to go anymore. So I didn't keep going. Yeah. I, I think a big, a big, like, um, factor in all the early on stuff was that like my grandparents on my mom well both my grandparents were catholic um but on my mom's side uh my grandparents did like uh i I think it's called catechism yeah i don't know if that's the word yeah you're right um yeah they they did like that uh at their church from in the city that they were from um and they were involved in is that a knock Hold on one second. It's all right. Hold on. Sorry. It's too bad we don't have a sponsor, Daryl. This would be a great time. It would. I would like to say thank you to Electric Lettuce. They have these really great uh, roll-your-own half ounces for $40. This is great <laughs> weed. And uh, it, will, it. it will just get you absolutely blasted. There's lots of, lots of Electric Lettuces all over the Portland area and the greater suburbs as well and this is a free plug for electric lettuce you know i just yeah we just like them i'm in the giving mood cool um sorry about that so your so Um, your grandparents actually like taught catechism at at the church that they attended so yeah so they did like kids classes and stuff and funny enough like i never i never did catechism with them like i did it at at the church that we were a part of in uh, la mirada yeah um and uh what's funny also is that from kindergarten to second grade i went to public school and then all of a sudden at second grade my parents wanted me in catholic school um i think it was also pushed from my grandparents um but they your put grandparents me in the were catholic- like that boy's knuckles have no scars on them and we need to change that <laughs> <laughs> that boy that boy i i don't know i don't know i think they had also put my cousin in at the time like, his hands um, are so clean same age so so your family you know had some involvement in the church it was like a big part of your your family culture then yeah yeah definitely like uh god and and jesus were in the household um but with Catholicism, it's more about like, t- I mean, now as an adult, the way I see it, it's about the rituals. Um, it's about those things we talked about, the bap- you know, everybody gets baptized in all the religions, but baptism. Right. These uh, sort of rites of passage meaning. as a, as a person. And then yeah, the rituals yeah. that you sort of carry on because of that in your adult And even life. like the, the structure of mass, uh, it's, it's very like you stand up, you kneel down, there's parts to it, um, you know. It, it, right. it's all, you get fondled uh, by a priest. You, <laughs> yeah. In some places yeah. you do. In you some drink. places that happens. Dude, I learned from Dan that like, because I, I grew up in just like a evangelical Christian church. And, uh, you know, our communion was with grape juice. And Dan was like, no, we did real wine. And I was like, they let you just have real wine? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Dude. We're fucking around, dude. Yeah, this is crazy. real wine. The blood of Christ. That, yeah. The blood of Christ is wine. And, uh. Man, I used to, I used to love those those little wafers, man. Those Christ wafers. Hey, yes. I like, fuck with those child, heavy. Right? You know, we threatened at like, the beginning of this podcast to try to get some of those, and I completely forgot about it. Yeah. And I just want to let you know that I'm committed to it again. So cool. if you want to hold me accountable in the future to bring these Christ chips, these I wafers, love, I would love some Christ chips. You, you you can pick those up because they don't bless them yet, and you get them in like a little pack. Um, yeah. Um, but. Uh, 
but yeah dude like the rituals and the are uh with the intent like the intent that people do those rituals i think is is very cool and there's definitely something to those things and like when you put that much thought into something and kind of have a process for it i think that that allows some some space for some things and we've i mean i personally have been super pumped on like the more mystical shit in the bible you know and sometimes Mm -hmm. like we've kind of mentioned that catholics are a little more willing i guess to like dive into that or acknowledge it maybe with some of the people that i would say so spoken up opposed to like i mean a lot of catholics i feel like look at uh look at the uh what the fuck communion right that's where you you eat the christ chip and that's you where drink you get the blood the, the wafer in the in the wine okay yeah so i feel like a lot of people look at that like the mystical interpretation is sort of like it's a reminder that like god is in everything and everything is god sort of thing like it's not supposed to be as specific as like you drink this and it turns to jesus's actual blood within your body <laughs> it's this ritual to just to remind you of like yeah how god is present in everything sort of and the thing is, though, like as a kid, like I mean, I was not. I don't. I guess I wasn't a spiritual kid in that sense where I had like, get, you know, grasped that like that way of viewing it yet. Because I was like, oh, this is like this is the body of of Christ, and this is the blood of Christ. And right. They, Same. It, it like they, I feel like Catholic Mass has such a lack of actual passion because it's so focused on keeping the tradition, right? Keeping that like, um, like old time very quiet very reserved uh feel during the mass um and i feel like that kept me personally from like seeing it in that mystical way yeah for sure i i mean agreed man like seeing things through a mystical lens has taken a lot of time and some heroic doses of mushrooms to (laughs) to like (laughs) to really get to that point i think also the thing with you know any congregation is like you're kind of uh tied to whomever is given the homilies from week to week too and i think that's that's a really interesting thing within a church especially if you stick around for a long time in in the same church is you kind of just have to like go with whomever's at the helm and sometimes that's like a rotating cast of people and like kind of happens every couple years that someone will go in but then sometimes you've got somebody that's maybe been there for like seven to ten years and if you don't like that person (laughs) then i don't know i think it's hard to pull stuff out of out of something if you're not really compelled by who is delivering the message right um yeah and it's funny you mentioned that because i you know it's been so long that that i've gone to mass that i forget about that i I get so focused on the stuff that i didn't like um you're right like the homily was like when the priest like basically freestyles it yeah and if you have a if you have a like a, a quote unquote woke priest that like really gets it he can present what you just read in the scripture and like apply it to, you know, your uh, like modern day or, or, or what, what's going on inside it at the time. Um, but it's all about that delivery. And, and if he makes it interesting, then like it kind of does make you more compelled to listen as a child um, and, and be more interested, you know? Yeah. I remember very few times though, every once in a while I'd have a, I'd have a conversation with my mom, like leaving church about the homily. 
But I, re- I remember those being like very few moments, you know, where and it happened once or twice. Yeah. But even when like where she's saying it to me, I don't like it wasn't necessarily me speaking up to her. She would just be like, that was really good today. And I just be like, was it? I don't know. I was thinking about uh, how I was going to edit my my lines for my NHL 95 video game when we get home so that i can win the stanley cup tonight mom i'm not worried about this guy's homily um so i don't really know what you're talking about but chris for you did at any age did Mm. you start to feel like you had a connection to the religion itself or even the spirituality of it or were you just kind of going because you had to go and it was like what was a part of your your family culture and and kind of life i i think like uh, like you know the the way that my parents framed it like the importance on god and how you know like like the way that you should have respect for god um you know made me fear god but also like made me like take refuge in like prayer with god um and so i caught on to that really early on and I don't know, like, that's the one part where, like, I, I, as a child, I did feel spiritual. Like, I felt like there was something there. You know, I felt like there was a connection to something beyond me uh, in, in, in my head and in, in, in my, like, center of me. Like, I could feel it, you know? And it really felt like, um, like I was talking to God when I would pray at night. What, in what, the sense that somebody was listening. What age would you say this is around? Uh, that is, is, I mean, I don't know. I, I probably started like praying, like when I was like five or six. But do you, do you feel like at that time, that's when you start to feel that connection or did it like yeah. develop a little bit? So like kind of right away, yeah, no, you felt like that there was, was kind a, of instant. Okay. Yeah. So you were the religious part was not instant, but the, 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 the sense that like, there's something else there was there like always. Okay. Um, and it kind of like, you know, because it's still present now, like, I feel like that, you know, has been like a constant in my life. Um, and so like, I, I learned to like, it's interesting though, that you that time daily, interesting that you weren't like that. You sort of had that connection early, but you weren't able to like pull it into the, to the religion. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it just feels sort of like foreign and I don't know. Like I, I definitely identify with that. Like it took me a long time to sort of like connect Christianity to, my experience of God and then, you know, and then I unconnected it years later, but, um, yeah. Anyways, just musing. Yeah. Um, you had said something else about when you asked that question, um, before, because I had something else that like, uh, kind of felt connected to that. Yeah. Just um, as far as like your connection to like feel like, you know, what age you kind of recognize some actual connection to the, the spirituality and the religion. I, I um, definitely had like a hard time grasping the, the religious side of it for sure. Yeah. Um, like I, I learned to fear disrespecting the religion, you know, like I, I didn't necessarily out of myself want what religion was calling for, but like I had learned that if I were to go against anything that, you know, Catholicism taught, I was wrong and I was like bad for it. Um, not that I would get punished, but if I were to ever say, you know, like, God damn it or something like that. That Catholic um, guilt, dude. Catholic guilt's real, man. 
Um, and, and it me. wasn't until I was an adult that I could shake all of that off and like realize like, you know, you know, you could say something real offensive and then Jesus. Right. And like, oh, God, God forbid you say like, you know, and I, I'm only saying this for, to make a point, God. And I still have that Catholic fear. Fuck Jesus. Right. Like that would be, oh, my God. But those are just words. Words are ambiguous. Words are arbitrary. Um, what what that means, like can mean different things to different people. Um, so like, uh, I remember once we were, uh, in church and, uh, I think it was like uh, Palm Sunday and, um, like in Spanish, there's a word, um, called way, like, Hey, way. It's like, it's kind of like dude, but kind of like, Hey, yeah. like, like, Hey, Hey Dick, what's up? Um, and, uh, it was Spanish mass. And I remember the, 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 like they were talking about how Jesus was coming back into town and in Spanish, everybody was going el rey, el rey, like the king, the king. Um, and so like my mind, I was like, I told my parents cause I thought I was being funny and I didn't think I was being disrespectful. I was like, yeah, like they were saying el rey, el rey when he was coming to town. But like, you know, a few days later when they're like crucifying him, they were saying el way, el way. <laughs> and oh my God, they dude, like, like they that. just about died. They died like and like, no, that's just like, hey, your son's discovering how to like, you know, be witty and shit with like humor on the spot. But no, it, it was uh, it was offensive and like they almost fucking killed me. Well, it's um, it's like such a big part of their like who they are that, you know, they, they see it as like some like that it's disrespectful. Right. Right. So it's but, not it's not I mean, like they're even like scared of what you're saying. They're just like. Like why you know this is like super disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't say that. You can't there, say that. Do you feel like there's um, also an element of uh, like just sort of like Mexican culture and family structure intertwined with Catholicism, and so there is sort of like it's not just respect for um, you know respect for like the religion, but there's also like this deep respect for like your family and your parents that like. You know, like, a, I feel like for myself growing up and like a lot of like my wife friends, like they didn't fucking respect their parents, like, and their parents would let their kids say all kinds of shit. And they'd just be like, oh, Timmy, he's getting older. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate that kid. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm sort of just spitballing, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Um, yeah. You know what, dude? Like it, it got, it, it was, um, it was kind of, I was kind of dealing with it for a bit but like your guys's audio is coming in real like like it's like breaking up kind of so i don't know if it's like my end or your end because now I could all right perfect we're back andrew you ask your question i had and then a you're question yeah my question so you were talking about this you know like sort of disrespecting your parents with this this little joke and how that was like so far beyond unacceptable that they almost murdered you in the church um yes yeah, my question was sort of like, do you think that the sort of like mixture of Mexican culture plus Catholicism sort of breeds this like hyper? Because I feel like there's already sort of like a, a more of like a respect your family and respect your parents type vibe in Mexican culture as opposed to some others. And then you throw Catholicism in there and it sort of just is like almost like hyper respect for authority, you know? Totally. No, of course. I, I think if I think my experience was like, I, you know, one of my best friends is also um, uh, Catholic and we went to the same, you know, Catholic school and all that. But he's white. And 
I, although they have their strictness as well, um, I think that, you know, just what you said, the Mexican culture added that extra, you know, I don't know, aggression to the whole Catholic, right? you know, experience. Like it leans more conservative within the religion, I would say, right? Within the religion, yeah. Yeah, you know, because yeah. there is like, like they, a pretty big... Uh, percentage of catholics that kind of attend these more liberal identifying uh congregations at this point but yeah it definitely seems like the like the the hispanic and like mexican communities definitely seem to lean towards like the conservative side that's like pretty pretty fair to say from your experience chris yeah yeah in in that in that in the sense of like respect and all that. But what, what's funny is that, um, in like a different aspect, the music is very vibrant. It's very alive. It's almost like when you go to like a, a Christian service and you know, they're, they're dancing and stuff because they have like good music playing and that kind of gets the, the, the people at mass more mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. The worship music is like yeah, something music. engaging. It's exactly, it's engaging. And then you actually feel uh, like that's, that passion starts to come out through the music. Um, so although like the Spanish culture makes it the Catholic culture made it, like you guys said, much more conservative uh, in, in the, in the sense of the religion and the respect for it and the rituals and all that, the music made it more relatable, made it more passionate. Uh, whereas like um, the music during English masses at different churches that I'd gone to was always very, very toned down hymns you know classic like you know on eagle's wings although i love that song and uh i, w- I will always fly on eagle's wings or whatever the fucking chorus is. <laughs> we that, all that will was a good one man we all will that, one would, get all me. Will. that would get me in my feels uh as a kid yeah so we're like most of the since you were going to a catholic school were most of your friends and people you would hang around with a part of the catholic community uh, at school, yeah, but at home, like the neighborhood kids weren't. Um, but at, as a kid, your neighborhood kids, like religion, you don't you don't really discuss that with your neighborhood kid friends very much. You're out, you're playing. You know that you each go to a thing on Sundays, but you don't really like talk about it too much. Yeah, dude, there's not a lot of eight year olds out there being like, let's talk about this. What you know? What do you call it? The homily? Yeah, yeah the homily. <laughs> <laughs> they're not like, yo, did you catch that on Sunday? Because I thought that was kind of cool. No, I, I, no. I guess I just meant for like more for context around like where your perspective is kind of being in, informed. Like if you had a lot of friends that didn't go to Catholic school or just like hanging around a lot of people that didn't identify as Catholic growing up, you know, can even if you know it's happening, you're like conscious of it or not as a kid, you know, that is kind of happening if you're only exposed to one group most of the time and definitely yeah uh, i i was for sure but not in that like like you only hang out with catholic kids sense in in more the like my interact my social interactions as a kid happened at school because i wasn't really allowed to go out as a kid yeah i couldn't go to i never went to like summer camp i never went to like uh, I didn't do sleepovers. I wasn't allowed. Like once in a while, like a friend could sleep over, but it was like it might have happened like a handful of times my really? childhood. Yeah, Damn. I was not allowed to go to like amusement parks with like a, a friend and his family. 
uh, as a kid. They were very, very like. Uh, were they just already prepping for for COVID times, or <laughs> <laughs> just know you right? gotta like, stay inside? So no, I'm like, doing so well in this like. Would morning. they give you like what their reasoning was for that, or was it like yeah, not I'm really sh- a conversation? I'm it sure was just as you like, get no, older, you you're sort of like. Uh, what do you mean? I'm 14 and like I just want to go to fucking Six Flags. What's the problem? <laughs> oh no, because there was there was cholos at Six Flags, so you couldn't go there because it was like you know. So it's just board. shielding you from bad shit in the world. Yeah. yeah also, yeah. what the fuck? Cholos are hanging out at Six Flags. Is that Dude, a real thing? No, that's a real. That, that what are they doing there? And, you know, they're what fucking. What are they doing there? They got fucking cholo shit to do. What they're, Six Flags? Do it at Six Flags though. Why? Because Six Flags went. was always cheap to get in. I guess, All you I guess was- I'm thinking of like a 30 year old cholo <laughs> dude, and I, it's probably younger, younger cats. But yeah, yeah, I'm just like, what do you? What? Yeah. It's not free. Right, you like, say it's free to get in? No, it's like if you, it was like for a long time, if you had like a can of Coke, a lot of the times it was like a buy one get one free, so you could go to Six Flags with two people for like thirty oh. to fifty dollars and. I don't know, man. You just you get in, guess, you cause a ruckus in the park. I did that shit. It's like yeah, I, look, I got kicked out of like every water park I've ever been to. But um, so you were, you know, that was your that okay. was your thug I guess, shit. I like, guess that you're was right. your bullshit. It's the same shit. It's yeah. the same shit. You're right. I think I was maybe kind of being racist. <laughs> it was just like you just weren't dressed the same. You were right. doing the same shit, probably. Right. I'm just thinking of like real like gang shit for some reason, which again is like kind of racist. But I was just like, why is Six Flags? Anyways, we can end that just, tangent right now before I dig Jesus myself Christ, any dude. deeper. Just trying to talk about this this man's Bible I, know. I, I, I don't know if you guys knew, but like just cholos drink a lot of coke, man, and they got their homies in for free, and that's how they gathered. <laughs> Word. And real history lesson. So yeah. So yeah. real strict though. This yeah. uh, this environment. So like, and, yeah. and did that like kind of lead into things that you were allowed to watch and listen to when you're in the house? Of course, man. Like 100, 100. Um, like Simpsons, I could watch, right? And like, at least I got that. Like, you know, I could relate to the kids at school. But like, uh, anything like married with children or anything with like sex? Oh, like, uh, uh, like absolutely not. Like, my eyes were covered up until like Titanic. Did your, when did I your parents them. watch The Simpsons? Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not like dirty, but it's definitely it's gonna pick at your mind a little bit. Man, that's a that's an interesting I, one for me. That like for some reason, uh, mm. that was like I didn't grow up in any sort of like militant household as far as like the mm. religious stuff. But the Simpsons was the one thing that my mom was very against me watching at a young age, and and enough to when I got older, I didn't care about it because I. Like everybody else was already watching it. Mm-hmm. It's just funny, like well, to me, that that's like the thing that she didn't really want me to watch, and it was mostly because she didn't like how Bart spoke to his parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps telling him to eat his shorts. But I just think the Simpsons, like, I mean, they basically go to some version of like a Catholic mass, you know, in yeah. almost in so many episodes, and like in a sort of proto South Park way. Like, the Simpsons rip on religion all the time. Oh, yeah. I think it was that they were so annoyed by the show as well that they wouldn't ever pay attention to it or get those subtle little jokes. And definitely they wouldn't understand any of the, like, the references that, you know, kind of yeah. got you to enjoy that show, right? For so sure. they would never sit down and watch it. Um, and the, But the Simpsons never had, like, blatant just, like, 
f bombs like South Park, right? right? So right. you wouldn't you wouldn't really catch on if you weren't paying attention. Are you also like um, are you also being raised in a primarily a Spanish speaking house? Uh, at first, yes, but once you know, once I started going to school, um, it was like half and half. Like they definitely tried to push a little bit of the like. In this house, we speak Spanish because, you know, I, I get that they were trying to make sure that I didn't lose that, you know, which I'm grateful for, uh, which I totally did start losing. And it wasn't until I started working at a job that required me to speak Spanish that I, I gained it back. Um, but, yeah, like it definitely like relatives were over. You talk to them in Spanish. Grandma and grandpa, you talk to them in Spanish. But I had a lot of cousins and they all spoke English. So, yeah. So. You you kind of talked about how in high school you you did not follow through with the confirmation. So by the time you get, you know, junior high, early in high school, are you starting to get pretty fucking frustrated about like not being able to listen to the music you want to listen to or like watch the shit you want to listen to? Are you starting to push back and kind of get yourself into some shit here and there? Yeah. So like high school is when I start to listen to like rock. Right. And it's the first time I'm listening to my own own kind of music because up until then, it was just whatever my parents listened to on the Spanish radio or like you, we've talked about it, like Kiss FM, you know, pop, yeah. pop radio. You know, uh, I was real familiar with like all that pop music. And um, so I finally discovered rock and roll and they have no idea what the fuck this is, you know, and I'm listening to like everything at once. Right. 90s. fucking. How, how are status, you? Like, are you listening to it when you're at school and, like, not at home? Like, and how are you getting the music if you're not s supposed to be listening to it? So they didn't catch it on. For, well, they, they didn't get threatened by it in, for a, a while. Like, I was able to get into it before they started, like, fearing it, you know? Um, and I'm listening to it on my radio, and, I like, I, I will start to buy CDs uh, I started like I think my first CD I ever got was uh, the Offspring Americana, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which like again like they didn't really pay attention to it, so they didn't catch on to a lot of those things that are on there. Um, and the, but but once I get into like Metallica, right? Oh, I'm into like heavy metal, and they're like, oh my god, heavy the devil's metal. music, the devil's music, and it became the devil's music. And I couldn't listen to certain bands; they'd be reading the lyrics on the the CD pamphlet thing what do we call that liner notes yeah dude you're certainly not um, listening to like any yeah, acdc any, any of that antichrist devil's child you're not doing <laughs> right. that that's some detroit rock city shit dude that movie yeah, that movie's man. amazing that kind of sucks though so so you'd already bought the cd and they're like fucking opening it up and reading the cd jacket the lyrics and being like nope nope in the trash yep yeah, yeah. It was a. It was only a couple times. It was. It was uh, the like. I mean, you know, I. It's, I didn't even get into like heavy fucking like death metal shit. I was a real, real poser metalhead. Uh, just like just that douchebag that was really into Metallica. You yeah, know? for sure. We you know, we we, we share that. that we share that heavy. You don't have to. You don't have to act like you're not. It's not still a part of you. You don't have to say oh, we all go through me, that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm self aware I'm of, just of with that. You. Of that, like you know that. Yeah, uh, because man, like once you're once you're out of that, <laughs> and you you come across some like real real heavy Metallica fans. You're like, ah, dude, you're kind of annoying. But like, I, right. I love the songs, of course. Like, of course, it's still a part of me, man. Like, For sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that's a whole thing, and then they finally kind of get over it. Um, and uh, what's funny is like, 
um, uh, uh, kind of along the same lines of like the lack of passion in Catholic mass. Um, they didn't really put me into like uh, things that I particularly wanted to do as a kid that might have el elicited that passion early on, which is music. Uh, they put me into like sports that I kind of just did because I was supposed to, you know. Uh, and that's that Catholic mindset. Like you do it because you're supposed to. Uh, you don't really, you don't really question too much. You don't. I feel like Catholicism doesn't really like make you want to dive into that spirituality. You just want to make sure you're going to mass, make sure you're going to communion, make sure you're going to confession. Yeah. Like, like you, yeah, yeah, it's like, all of these, it's this checklist of things that you have to yeah. kind of do to, to be a good Catholic, you yeah, know, you just got to show up physically. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, you look down upon those Catholics that only show up at Easter and like, you know, Ascension of the Virgin Mary <laughs> or whatever. Uh, the, the, the Lily Catholics or whatever they call them. But like, are you at this point also like, completely disconnected to the religion and spirituality at this point because you you talked about how early on you you felt like when you prayed and stuff you would feel some sort of connection to something this bigger presence so are you still maintaining that through some of your exploration of some kind of like mind-blowing things for you yeah yeah dude yeah um it's it once I shed the like Catholic like weight, you know, uh, it was like freeing and like it really like I finally felt like really in tune with my spirituality, like really finally believing something that I actually believe rather than like that's what I'm supposed to because that's what I'm supposed to. Uh, and it took like, you know, being able to like look at the Catholic church and like realize like, nah, man, like that's just a bunch of dudes telling me what to do, when to do it because they said that God told them to do it. But like, there's no real like substance there. That's telling me why. Um, and like, why the fuck do they have to be covered in rings and hats and gowns and fucking golden right. staffs? What's with the goofy costumes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this shit you start to question, right? Which is what the one thing you're not supposed to do. I mean, like you're Catholic, you don't question it, you just do it. Um, but once you question, you like liberate yourself from all that shit and uh, you realize the hypocrisy that's like just very flagrant throughout that whole uh, – well, that to me, to my experience, like, I can't speak for everybody. Yeah, just the way it gets processed sometimes is usually leans, leans to the gross side. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then there's that, and there's that whole aspect of it, right? And like, they don't ever tell you, like, "Hey, be careful with the priests," right? Yeah, it's just like they never tell you, and they all they all knew, right? When we were kids, they must have all known. This isn't new knowledge that just we now know. Yeah, I don't Why know. Don't were you they ever tell us? Were you ever an altar boy? Yeah, and like, there was all like normal experiences. It was never anything like, you know, even like remotely weird, but. In the church where I think I went to school, because I went to school at one Catholic church, but we went to church at a different one. Uh, at that church, there was a priest that did some shit. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, it, it, I guess like it, it kind of blows my mind, especially my parents being so overprotective. Why knowing what they knew about the Catholic church, didn't they like one be like, oh, yeah, go be an altar boy. But I can't go to Six Flags because the Cholos are there. But this, you know, and two, like, <laughs> yeah. why wasn't I? 
like I was obviously prepped in general by my parents to be aware like of not being touched and you know situations that are not okay for a kid yeah but never watch out for the priest make sure he doesn't touch you right I don't know um I also fortunately you know had my altar boy experience and uh Mm. came out with uh no terrible interactions or you know anything life traumatizing happening to me what he's trying to say is he liked it i'm just kidding <laughs> Daryl, you're on one today it's this joy it's this joy um yeah like it's uh but like looking back at that experience with the percentage of people that have had shitty things to happen to them in going through that process it's kind of like a whole thing to reflect upon after it's just like oh man that could have been definitely could have been me you know right. and and i guess that's like true of of most things but it's not i wonder if i knew that information if i would have wanted to do it because i think part of it it wasn't like my my mom i i don't really feel like i ever felt like she made me become an altar boy i think i thought it was like cool to participate in the service i think that's one of the things right. that i always thought was like growing up as a kid i think i realized the way that i was going to not be super bored in church was like to get to be a part of the process somehow and so like i looked up to those kids when i was growing up and i wanted to be one of them and i just like ended up doing it so i wonder if i would have given (laughs) given the net like the now knowledge if i would have even been interested in doing that like how how much of that turns people away from like a thing that could be a cool experience a cool part of the Mm -hmm. ritual but it's very tainted now and especially the way the catholic church chose and still chooses to kind of handle that stuff Mm -hmm. is uh yeah it's tough to like let slide by um and i kind of have I I think, you know, it's like easy to be like, oh, I, I can't believe any of these, these people can still identify as Catholic, you know, through this shit. Mm-hmm. But I kind of have like a lot of respect for the people that they don't let that completely crush their religious beliefs. Cause I think it's like pretty easy to just be like, fuck all of this, dude. Like, I don't want to be associated with this thing, but that really, that stuff, even though it's happening, you know, and it's tied to the Catholic Church. It really has nothing to do with the, the sure. teachings of Jesus and like the like what the traditions of the church yeah. are supposed to be. But also, like faith and belief structures run fucking deep. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. look at someone right now who's a Trump supporter, and Trump can say whatever the fuck he wants, and they're just like, "Yeah, but Trump 2020." Agreed. Yeah. You know. No. No. So, I, so there's a there's a human nature element on both sides. There's a human, and I think. For people who, like, maybe are outside of that from a Catholic perspective, they probably just recognize that it's like, yeah, those people aren't acting on on God's terms. They're not acting from a Catholic perspective. They're just kind of fucked up. Yeah, for sure. And there's just, well, like, th- some systemic bullshit in there that they have not dealt with it very well. But I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Chris? I think it's – I think that – that whole that whole thing is is how you view a priest, right? Like there's this view of the priest as like this holy man, like he is connected to God, or like right. or like even the Pope, like that the Pope is is some sort of Buddha where he's connected to the original, you know, Pope Peter. 
um, that he's from the lineage of all that. But like, no, these dudes are just dudes that other dudes appointed to do this ritual. And it, once you start, if you view that priest as like a holy entity and like a person with like, you know, he blesses things and he has a connection to God that I don't, then that then I can see you saying, oh, fuck all this, right? Like when they find, if they found right. out their kid right. got, you know, molested versus somebody who really got engaged with the perspective that Catholicism has on God and like values that over the one, you know, over the priest, over the priest's role and what he represents or, or, or his position within like the church. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. It's just like another unfortunate like thing where, you know, it's, it's usually like these dudes just taking advantage of the power that they, they have, you know, and I'm yeah. actually kind of like really mind blown that because there's there's this huge pushback in in a lot of churches still about having women or you know like a non-binary person be the the leader of a church, you know. Yeah. You don't see a lot of women uh, women priests, and I'm I feel like maybe that would be a good move you know the people like because those people just tend like women tend to be more nurturing and compassionate people it seems so it's just like odd to me that we would not try to place those people in those those kind of like powers of position or like like in a position to lead people and teach them things about like love especially it, I, I wonder if it would be more successful in that way in, in some way I don't know. I guess that's like a pretty big discussion on its own, but um, we can just say from a PR standpoint it, that might help the Catholic Church to go ahead and you know have some more women priests. I think it would help probably any religion though at this point, especially like for getting more younger people involved as we like move into a space where you know we're trying to promote as much equality on all fronts it would seem like that would get more younger people involved if there were more voice voices represented and not just like, cause I don't know, during a Catholic mass, um, aside from your homily, you have different people that come up to do the readings, um, which man, that can really go both ways. You better hope you get somebody good. You better hope my grandma's up there reading or my grandfather, my grandparents crush. <laughs> on readings i'll tell you what okay they didn't they didn't teach me to be a fumbling fool during a reading um but yeah like aside from that it would just it would be interesting i think yeah i think it would create uh, some uh some shifts like i feel like once i stopped um like trying to or once i stopped viewing that priest in that role uh it was part of like kind of like the whole question in the church, right? I started, I started like looking into other religions, not because I wanted another religion, just because I wanted to see what other ideas were out there. Is this, is um, this like high school just for some context or is this post high school? Uh, no, it's called, it's already, it's college. Oh. I would say it's, it's college when I'm like doing this. Did you like continue um, to go to church every Sunday with your family then throughout high school? Like uh, while you're I living with them? going to church with my family and started kind of going um, on my own. Um, because I started to work. So my schedule sometimes wouldn't allow me to go on Sundays. So I'd go on Saturdays. And so we just start, like, I kept going because if I didn't go, they'd still kind of call me out on it. 
Um, but if uh, anyway, that's what I. I sorry, I'm kind of like high. Uh, that's what I. That's no, we I we all are. By. You don't have to. You don't have to apologize. I, I I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> it's just uh, nice to have some like context for like where you are, like along the no, timeline. Totally, totally. So like kind of pinpoint more where you're at now. So I was just kind of curious if you if you kept up with it through high school. Um, so I, I think it, it was probably like two, three years into college bef before I, uh, stopped going to church. Um, it, it, and it would start with like, oh, I'm working both days of the weekend and, um, slowly kind of just became like, okay, I'm just not going anymore. And then once I moved out on my own, I just didn't go anymore. I tried a couple times, but by then, like I was, I was trying to find like, um, that that passion i wanted something to elicit that um from going to church and and it started with like some homilies at at the church one of the churches in corona like the priest would you know elaborate on things um and kind of paint like a picture with his words and it would engage me but then like um they switched priests and then it, i didn't really get that anymore um do you uh by any chance, like, kind of remember, like, some of those things that did engage you that that people would be, like, speaking upon in those places? Hold on. Let me put my speakers back on because I could hear you guys better. It started, it started to do that uh, weird noise thing. You guys can still hear me? Yeah, we can hear you great. Can you okay. hear us? Yeah, but it's kind of, uh, it's kind of fucked up. I put it on like my speaker and then I could hear you better. Let's see. Try it now. Check, check, check. Okay. Unfortunately, it's gonna, it, up it is going to bleed to into your mic now. It's all right. Oh, it is. Okay. It's all Hold good. We, you know, we got to, you win some, you lose some. So we might just use our feed of your audio, which is still very clean, but it's important for you to be able to hear us. So let's see if this works. Uh, talk real quick. Yep. 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 Ah, okay, cool. Cool. Work. Great. Um, that's that question again. You said. Um, Do you remember anything from like homily-wise when you were older? Um, that sort of like stuck with you, that was interesting. Not particularly. What I just remember that that whatever the priest was saying at the time, as a like I don't know twenty-year-old like resonated and made mm -hmm. me interested and it, and it helped me understand what the scriptures meant. Cause it, sometimes it'll be some random little passage that they read from the old Testament. And it's about like a goat and how the farmer sold the goat and like something happened. And uh, like, unless you have gone and like learned how to like read poetry and, and read how uh, pictures are being drawn with words like you don't necessarily like analyze that shit and, and like get the greater meaning from that small passage. Um, so it was like once I was in college, I took this uh, uh, like uh, shit. I don't know. It was po it was like poetry, but we learned how to like analyze poetry, and I learned how to like see what the author was trying to say, not through just like line by line, but like you know the the certain words he was using, themes, and all that stuff. I learned to like really read words so i started to try to do that when i was at church 
overall the mass itself again like it just comes back to the whole like it's rituals it's like it's just like do this this is this, this and this in this order and leave and come back and do it again it's never like it like the the like how you said it earlier we wanting to be an altar boy because it made the boredom go away like be, that was the only way that you were going to not be bored in church just be a part of that so actually after i was an altar boy uh I started playing guitar with the like choir in Spanish mass because they needed a guitarist and I had to learn how to play guitar. And it was like maybe like senior year or my first year of college, one of the two. Uh, and I was doing that on Sundays. Um, and that was the same thing. It made me get to play music while I was at church. And that was like awesome. Um, but it was just kind of like, it was, it was just enough to get past the boredom. It wasn't, like it, like good music that was like engaging me, but it was just the fact that I was able to play music during church, which was like really cool. Yeah, made it made the experience a little bit more palatable. Yeah, but then you start kind of poking outside of Christianity after and and start like looking into some other religions and spirituality. Yeah, uh, Buddhism was something that really stood out. Um, I never got like seriously into it, but it, you know, I I I, I read uh, Siddhartha, which is by Herman. I don't know what the guy's name is, but it's like a famous Herman book. Herman Hess or Hesse. Herman Hess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that like that really like kind of spoke to me in, in the the sense of like the journey into like you know getting to know your soul, getting to know like your spirituality from within. Right. I think like growing up, a spirituality was 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 church was outside of me, uh, and so for the first time in college, uh, before I start smoking weed, before I've done shrooms, I'm like trying to like find that inside of me because I like I said from from the time I was a kid, I knew there was something in there, but I never really like explored it aside from that notion, like that feeling mm-hmm. or prayer. Um, but like seeing that and and seeing the similarities through all the different religions like was eye-opening to me i was like oh shit like it's kind of like it's it went like uh uh judaism christianity um islam right like they're all connected the three of them but you're kind of like raised to believe that they're both wrong and they're they're both like not the right thing but it's like it's all the same thing in a sense in, in in kind of a way right yeah they're they're in the same family yeah, all the core teachings seem to pretty much align with each other and the one, the oneness of everything. Yeah, they're talking about but the like, same God, Allah, Yahweh. Yeah. Same shit. It all starts with Abraham and like, you know, gets down to Jesus and then Muhammad and Yeah. You know. I think you kinda nailed that that Chris about like especially in Catholic Church and, and probably in Christianity across the board. And Andrew, I don't know if you like I like if this resonates with you, but just kind of that idea of, you know, being like a good religious person is just like showing up to the thing. Like, it's not about like this. It's hard to maybe like convey to a kid that it's like an it's inside of you, you know, like the thing that you're supposed to be getting at isn't going to be found at, at church on Sunday. Probably you have to like reveal it to yourself and uh yeah i don't know it took i me- feel like a lot of a lot of like uh what i what i learned or what's what's taught or from my experience was like was just talking points it was like 
walk with Jesus and like God is love. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, to a kid, what, what does that mean? Like, tell me what that means rather than just saying these things over and over again. Uh, and then finding out that like you have eternity within yourself is like, is, is really what it all comes down to. And like, we're all kind of, to me, we all come from the same thing. Like when we leave here, we, we're going to go somewhere else. Body's going to stay here. But like that, that, that thing that I felt inside of me since I was a kid is the same in like you guys. And we're going to go back to that. Uh, and to me, that's God. And that could be like the universe. Like how we say, Oh, the universe is like, you know, fucking with me today or whatever. For sure. And it's that notion of that, that greater being. Yeah. I, so I like existing. to think of it as uh, like our lifetime. is like when a wave crashes in the ocean and like little water droplets fly up into the air and like that's our lifetime, right? We we come from the ocean, we turn into this tiny little fucking water droplet, and then you just fall back into the ocean, and like, yeah, you're no longer a separate thing. You're back to just being the whole thing. Fuck, man, that's beautiful. That's like, like at the end of that that book, Siddhartha, like the 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 I think the last thing is where like he's crossing a river, or some old man is yeah is crossing. I actually just river. read this last month. So. Spoiler alert. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, then you know it better. What, what like, do you remember it? Because he he says basically like he's the river. Like yeah, rivers so the, the general arc, right? Is like I'm doing this more for you to just jog your memory since that book had such an impact on you. It's like Siddhartha is raised in like a very like holy family of sort of like you know Buddhist priests essentially who do religious teachings, and then he decides to become a. I think it's called a samana which is basically someone who lives with like no worldly possessions and lives a life yeah. of like hard suffering to try to connect to god so he tries to do it that way and then he meets the buddha and is like well these are like the best teachings ever and i still feel like i need to f forge my own path so then he just becomes a man of the world and does that for a long time and like gets really rich and then it's just like yeah no this isn't it either and so the last thing is that he, you know, when he was going into the world from after meeting the Buddha, he had crossed this river with this ferryman. And then he, he ends up back by that river contemplating suicide. And like the river basically like the beauty of it, like stops him from committing suicide. And he sort of like has this new spiritual awakening and then begins his this sort of like fourth act with the ferryman, where by the end, he's basically just like the river is the greatest teacher ever. I've learned anything that means anything from just from the river and being with the river every day. So like that to me, like kind of what, like, you know, how, what, that, that when he goes to leave all his worldly possessions to me, that was like, Oh, that's just like what Jesus did, you mm -hmm. know? So I'm like reading that book and it's like, these things are kind of like lining up. Um, and then like, Dan, you asked me about like that, like Bible passage, right? So that, that passage from Ecclesiastes uh, essentially says that like life is suffering, like life is meaningless because everything, uh, you can be a wise man or you can be a fool, but you're both going to die. So you both have the same fate. Uh, the, and then he goes on to say he like, he built all these houses and he did all these things. He lived all the luxuries. He experienced all the experiences. And at the end of the day, it was all just chasing after the wind. It was all just like vanity. Um, and ultimately what the like conclusion that they come to in that passage is that like life isn't isn't just like doing things and life isn't just like you know being fucking stupid and like living in pleasure or whatever it's like it's 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 
He says that like a, a, a you know you'll die and whatever you create is still is enjoyed by someone that comes after you or whatever. But the like what you what you gain out of that is that you created something that that contributed to the greater like right. existence. We're talking about real legacy here. That's, I mean, that's the eternal life thing. It's like you're leaving that. That's sure. part of your eternal life for sure. Is that you're like leaving leaving your imprint on the world and like leaving that energy to be absorbed by the people right. that knew you and that that gets passed along through generations and generations until it's being passed down to these people that don't even like know never knew your name for sure right. it just kind of hit me that like you know how sometimes people are like well why don't all these like rich people just like fucking retire and like you have all the money in the world you know you could have a house on every continent whatever and it's like because they're not 16 so, like, they don't want to just fuck right. off and have a bunch of money. Like, they want a, to leave a legacy, chasing, you know? Chasing, yeah. Regardless of whether or not they're spiritual, I think that is sort of a deep human principle of the meaning of life is, like, leaving a real legacy. And for some people, that's as simple as just, like, pump out some kids and try to raise them well. That's a legacy, you know? But then there's this other legacy of, like, leaving your mark on the world um, in a spiritual sense or whatever. But... Um, yeah, that's a version of eternal life for sure. Um, Chris, talk to us a little bit about maybe like maybe some triggering moments or something like where where you start to like what causes you to start having these kind of revelations and start of thinking about it through these different lenses. Uh, I think the earliest thing is um, being like, I think it was like a fifth grader or sixth grader in Catholic school. And where you have religion class, like that's one of your classes throughout the day or whatever. Um, and I asked the teacher, like uh, they were talking about Christians. And I was like, well, what's the difference between, because they're saying we're, we're fucking, uh, they'll know we're Christians by our love, right? Like there's that cheesy hymn. Um, but like, I, I would always wonder like, why do we sing that if we're Catholic? Because we're not Christian, we're Catholic. But then they're like, no, you are Christian. So I asked, well, what's the difference? And the teacher couldn't give me an answer. She just said, oh, like, she gave me some bullshit, you know, that we both believe in God. Like, I don't know. But there was no answer. So to me, that was like, one, what, like, oh, wait, I'm in religion class, but they can't tell me, like, the difference between these religions. Um, and, like, well, I guess more later on, I kind of, I would always kind of go back to that, think about that shit as an adult. Like, why would I even be in Catholic school if they can't teach me religion? Why would I, like, you know, why would my parents send me to that? So as, a, as an adult, that that same, like, thing that kind of made me question as a kid came back. And I'm now questioning, like, a group, like a, a larger scheme thing. Why was I sent to this if, like, there was no point if they weren't even, like, like going to teach me what I was sent to go there for? Yeah. And I know, um, I know that you... Uh... You fuck with the psychedelics, so that yeah. must have informed your lens on kind of like where you're at now as well, I would assume. Yeah, but but I think it goes hand in hand. Like both my like the whatever whatever like positive spiritual awakenings or like epiphanies or, or realizations I might have had with uh, with with weed or shrooms uh, was always associated with music. So it was like music has actually been like my greatest like spiritual connection i think to god um because i started 
playing with a band a little after I started smoking weed. So I'm smoking heavily and I'm, I'm jamming with people and I'm, I'm feeling for the first time, like what it is to sync up with like four other individuals uh, and be on the same mental page in that moment. And I have to say a word and like play this like song. Yeah, dude. You're, you're fucking experiencing that like real communion. It, yes. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like now, this is I'm, I, by this time it's like uh, late college, so I'm almost graduating. I'm like 22, I think, because I was 21 when I first smoked weed. Uh, so I'm 22, smoking a lot, um, and and that to me was like this is communion, like sitting in this circle of friends and passing this joint around, and like just being in that same headspace and that same mindset and like having hot boxing the car <laughs> <laughs> listening to fucking pink floyd really stoned for the first time yeah being like, in the present moment hear, right yeah it, but like it, it it slowed me down to where i could like music now like i could hear the different instruments i could like hone in on one better than than another or or more than another where like i can do that if i'm sober but it it helped me get to like that you know like kind of to, to see music in that way um breaking so down barriers and like, shit dude yeah and the fact that like that i then played it too like it gave me this like other like way to like bring the spirit out you know i can't i can't really draw or paint I'm not really good at sports but like music was something that like you know brought that out and i could like put it out there and That's then put it out there with other people that were putting it back. And and it was, yeah, it was just like, uh, it was like knowing that, like, we're all, we all have that, you know, invisible thing inside of us. And we're connecting it right now through our music. We're right. speaking through the music. The music is allowing for some form of telepathy that you didn't know was possible, which is connected to some kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's Miles, Miles Davis that said that music is the most powerful language that exists you know yeah just the yeah. way people communicate with each other through music especially instrumental music and chris like i know that you know you you definitely at one point or still do like really enjoy just the element of jamming with people not even so much yeah. something that's you know has a has a structure to it all of the time and just kind of getting in the room and jamming or even jamming at shows and stuff Right. Um, just that, that, that feeling was amazing. And like, you always kind of want, like, you, you always want that. And it was like communion, but it was also connection with people. Fuck. I'm, all, I'm also really high. <laughs> so I don't know what my train of thought was. We going. are too. Wait, what, what were you saying again? Because I felt like I did have something good to say. Oh no. I was just like the, fr you, you've, since I've known you, you know, seeing mm. your band play and you play music live a lot, I just recognize in you that you really enjoy that freedom and the, the element of uh, like the jams that can happen within music and yeah. and exploring those improvisations yeah. Un and, and unstructured expression. It's just a free right. like, yeah, there's just like a freedom to that that, um, you know evokes a feeling, I think that's that's pretty undeniable and it sounds like that kind of like is what you started to recognize is like this Christ-like energy to you or this like God energy that you were like tapping into through these people. Yeah, yeah. No, it 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 
brought it elicited that passion that religion never could um because like i said i always thought it was there like it was always in me um but like i just never really felt it through religion um and like when i would when i would like see videos or however i came across seeing like a christian service it's not mass it's service uh like the music that they would play, they'd be getting down on like some good ass music, you know, it was like cheesy lyrics or whatever, but like the music was good. And it was almost like, or like when you would see like a, a Baptist church and they had the like choir and you're hearing this like gospel music and it's just like, fuck dude, like that's my soul right there. Yeah. You know? This guy, this guy, Andrew played in one of those banging fucking like big Christian worship bands. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. I grew up in like a, like a mega church in Colorado. So I played a lot of that music that you're talking about that it's really like it's specifically designed and crafted in a way to elicit emotion from you and then they tie in these like you know lyrics about god or christ or whatever and so you sort of like make that association i mean like i don't think it's necessarily like nefarious in that way but it's certainly composed in that way where it's like yeah it's supposed to it's supposed to elicit an emotional response from you, which is why then when you go and listen to a band like fucking, you know, Demon Hunter, which I don't know if you're familiar with like that world of sort of like uh, non-contemporary sounding like Christian music. Christian but yeah, there it's was like a Christian death metal kind of or like yeah, Christian like hard rock. Yeah, even of. like a Under Oath would fall into that, you know. They didn't have a ton of Christian songs, but they they certainly had some. They identified as a Christian they band for were a long time. Christian band, yeah, for sure. So like, I don't know. It's just, uh, but anyways, I I can I I feel what you're saying for sure. Um, like I also try to use like going back to like high school when like you know they were like really like analyzing the the music that I was listening to and making sure I wasn't like worshiping the devil and all that shit was any time that there was like a reference to the Bible and like Metallica has quite a few you know I was like mom listen to the song Creeping Death it's like talking <laughs> about Moses like try trying to use that to like get like a connection with my parents and and like the music you know I wasn't like I wasn't like <clears throat> like uh like mad at my parents in that like what is that not mad but what, like i didn't hold a grudge against them for mm-hmm. it yeah but i wanted them to like it you know i wanted them to also have a connection to it because i loved it you wanted them to understand a little bit like why why yeah. this thing like meant so much to you right but like you know you i think they they had a much like probably harsher catholic upbringing than i did i probably had like catholic light and they had you know catholic you know classic yeah, catholic. Fucking probably yeah i think it's i think it's catholic classic i think it's it's hard to like also you know to get somebody to listen to take away anything from from music that is really heavy that doesn't really enjoy that sort of thing is like a really hard barrier to like get through like even if you're just like showing physically showing them the lyrics like no he's he's putting out the same message. It's just packaged like a lot differently. And they're just like, yeah, but they're screaming. And he's yeah. like, I can't hear anything over these like crazy solos. And this dude's running a fucking marathon on the double bass pedal. And like, <laughs> it's just like, it's too much. It's too overwhelming. And yeah. I, this sounds like it's for the devil. It sounds like it's for people that right. this have is what like, they listen to in hell. Cause yeah. this is hell for me to listen to <laughs> yeah. right now. This is that's, that's a, every mom everywhere. 
all over the like world. Like if yeah. you listen, if you like this music, you know there, that's there's something inside of you. You know, there's a darkness right. that lives inside <laughs> of you, and it's like no, they're back. It's just packaged different, mom. You don't understand. <laughs> they're dropping knowledge. I think that's like yeah, that's that's one of those things that's really fucking hard to get past for sure. They they really like nailed it in that South Park episode where like Cartman you know makes his uh, gospel album. And oh, he gets that's that such bit. a dude and they dude. and he just changes every uh like baby to jesus yeah, every love yeah, song yeah. just makes it so good yeah. that's 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 <laughs> definitely like an iconic south park episode to me for sure like if you're a listener and you haven't seen that episode like that's a pretty much like a, that's on the bible buds uh watch list for sure I, I mean, yeah, I guess it is now. No one fucking asked me. But I'm just kidding. That's a great episode. It's one of the best. How funny would it be, though, if you, like, held a grudge about that? Forever. Like, just like, fucking hate just like, like, we have this talk, like, next week. And just like, yay, dude, like, the Bible Buds watch list. I think we should, like, really talk about what's going to be on there before First you First off, just... you just created it without me uh, out of thin air. Anyways. It's now canon, and we can't take it away. Um. No, that's that's really amazing. Yeah. But like like that episode is kind of like what you said, like when when you were in that mega church and how they have that music that's just like specifically crafted to make you f- have, elicit a feeling, right? Just like pop music. It is yeah. pop music. It's pop music to yeah. like be you know. Worship music is just like cheesy pop music uh, from a musical perspective, and then throw in Christian lyrics, yeah. and that's it. Right. Right. And it's the perfect audience for it. Indeed, those Karens, yeah. they love it. Like everybody does, you yeah. know, for the most part. For sure. Until you hit like 15 as a, as the kid. Yeah. At some point, get some of that reefer uh, in you. Get some of that devil's lettuce in you. <laughs> you remember the open mic at It's a Grind? Yes, uh, at the coffee? I do. Um, there was a, I, 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 I would run this open mic night, which is where I met um, the guy that introduced me to Dan, actually. Um, We're talking about Linda and- Lamar? Lindo Mar Cortez. Hell yeah. Shout out to Lindo, man. Introducing a lot of a lot of good times. Uh this Christian band would come and uh there was like the dude that was like the leader, right? And he was like the singer and he would just play rhythm acoustic, real uptight, like the real Christian guy. And then like he brought his buddy who was like more laid back, um, and he would just play like um lead guitar and stuff. Uh and you could tell like like the differences and, and we would actually like ask the lead guitarist to jam with us sometimes because he was really good and he just you know enjoyed playing music he wasn't just there to play like his christian songs or whatever um but like i think he would like arrange the way that they would play him and they actually came out there was a couple of those songs that were like really really good but again you know with cheesy lyrics or whatever um but it was cool to see that you know there's it's an outlet for some of those dudes that you know want to experience that what you know what i had to come like i experienced high for the first time that connection that musical like that god vibe um but he's getting it through his like jams at at church for sure and then also like for you andrew it it seems like you just had like whether it's like something you value now that whole experience of being in the like a worship band it seems like you just had like this opportunity to like play on these stages with like killer sound systems and just like state of the art shit. And you got to play in front of a lot of people and just like, you got a lot of yeah, stage talk time. About, you talk got about like so much wanting stage time to make, out of it. Make shit not boring. 
so you become part of it. Like that for me, that was, I mean, I loved music, but I also was like, I wasn't on that stage to serve God. I was on that stage to stroke my own fucking ego the whole way through every fucking time. I was just <laughs> like, yeah, this makes me fucking cool. Cause I'm playing to, yeah, the congregation of like a thousand or 1200 people, or I'm playing right. to the youth group of like 150 kids and I'm on the stage and yeah, there's a good sound system. We had like, we had in-ear monitors and shit. Like it was, yeah, it was serious. Man, you get the value of like having that early stage experience, like for sure has to like play into, you know, where you're at now as a musician. Yeah, I hate going on stage now. <laughs> Did a full one eight like many people in their life. But you getting those chops, like playing every week with those people. For sure. And, like, for you sure. Know, not everybody has. That's a... where I learned to play really well, and where I learned to play really well with other people is because of the church, for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, I had a, um, I had a friend that also like as an adult, like he moved to a small town with his wife. Um, and they joined a little local church, but he joined the, the, the band that they had. And he would talk about that. Like there was a small church, but they would have like fucking great equipment and like that he would play with these just like amazing musicians that like, it just made that whole experience like worthwhile because of the, like the musical interactions that he was getting through it. Yeah. Um, so like while you're ex- starting to explore music really freely, are you still exploring other religious and paths and like other kind of like spiritual teachers? I think like I hit a point after like after kind of like just dipping my toes in like in reading about different religions. Really like the only re- like religions that I, I got – it was like religion and philosophy at the same time. Like I was taking sure. philosophy classes in college. Um, I, and you were talking to um, a, a friend of yours about Nietzsche, and that was a big thing when uh, I took uh, a philosophy of death class, and uh, we, we, we read um, some passage from Zeth spoke Zarzustra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went out and like got that book because of this one like passage that um, I don't remember exactly what it said, but like he was saying, like for me, I want to become a son so that I can like shine my light on people or something like that, right? Uh, and it was just like it, it's kind of it's kind of just like uh, the whole book. I think it's just like a uh, what is it like a, a like it's making fun of like Jesus with like its own Christ character, and it's like the like sure like anti version of it or whatever. Um, so like that reading that and and kind of. Uh, reading into like Buddhism and even like when I got into like uh, reggae and I started really like reading into like Rastafari like ways of life like all of that just made me realize like it's all internal it none of the external stuff matters none of these paths matter as long as you can get to what's inside of you and like make sure that that's good make sure that that's in tune with whatever's going to come next um I also got really into the Beatles and I saw this documentary on George Harrison and how he became real spiritual through like Eastern religions. Uh, and when he died, um, like he had, uh, he had always practiced. I don't, I don't know, but he would do his mantra stuff. I guess his wife would say that he would always be like, when he wasn't doing shit, he was like repeating his mantra, like his own or whatever the fuck, um, because he was preparing to die like at all times. And 
that when he did die, like that there was this like this this experience within the room or whatever. And it might be bullshit or it might not be, but it's like the notion that you're preparing yourself internally to die to meet God when you're you know when you're done here or whatever. That that also was like something that was impacting me all at the same time of me like you know questioning Catholicism really like kind of freeing myself of it and embracing all these different ideas and making my own like ultimate like belief uh from that realization yeah just like forming your faith through all these different perspectives and lenses and shit yeah where else did you uh like outside of the music did you start to kind of tap into that god like energy or the same same feeling that you got out of playing music in in other spaces as well I think that's like what I thought drugs was going to do. <laughs> I thought like weed was going to just like, you know, make that happen. Uh, and uh, it, it can and it, it did help. Like it did like, you know, like trying meditation, but like smoking before you do it or <clears throat> just like using that as an introduction to getting into those types of uh, like internal, like uh, introspective journeys or whatever. Um, like weed really got me like, really taught me to like think deeper within myself and like just stop talking and think and like really like understand everything before I like start to interact. Um, same with like, you know, coming to terms with like death as not like a negative thing. Death is just another part of the cycle. Uh, and that came from like looking into, you know, Buddhism and like um, the idea of like reincarnation and that you can continue to do this because your soul is eternal and then it's like, you know, if, if the soul is eternal, like what Catholics believe, then this is not that far-fetched of a notion. Um, uh, so, like, you know, I tried, I, I didn't get too far into meditation, but I did, I did you know, try it out. Um, and uh, I think, like, doing shrooms for the first time and seeing that, like, your mind can go somewhere that you did not know was possible furthered that whole introspective a uh, new perspective on how I was kind of viewing life and faith and existence. No doubt. Yeah. I feel like as a kid, uh, just on the topic of reincarnation, I feel like as a kid, I, when I learned about that, I was like, that makes way more sense than heaven and hell. Like that makes way more sense. Yeah. That's like a very, yeah, that one seems solid. I don't have any holes to poke in it. The heaven and hell thing. I was always like, what? That's weird. So yeah, I don't know. For sure. Yeah, heaven, heaven and hell, like, also made just it made a lot of like questions, you know, like, wait, so I can have a friend that's like Hindu, but he's not going to heaven, because right? He's all not these theological questions where you're like, yeah, what if someone never even hears about Jesus or Christianity? Like, yeah, right. What about like, yeah? What about babies? What about my dog? What about fucking yeah? yeah all these different things. Yeah, like grandma was Christian, but she was kind of racist. Like, does she get to go to heaven? <laughs> there's that theology just goes on and on forever yeah uh though that that all of that like you know starts to really like build up in your head and you just start to like you can't ignore you, you either like start to question it or you just you you double down on the fucking like cognitive dissonance and you're like nah it's it's right i know it's right because it's god right. It's right right yeah did you continue to um appreciate pieces of of catholicism throughout all of this or did you kind of completely like 
push that away and kind of only like show up to church when you needed to for the family and kind of things of that nature uh yeah essentially that's like kind of what it came down to like i tried i tried to hold on to things that i thought like you know were part of my like yearly rituals like going to church on christmas and going to church on easter but like I, when, once I was really comfortable with questioning, I was like, why am I going? Am I going because I want to go because I like this? Or am I going because it's, it's you know, instilled in me that I need to go? Uh, so eventually, like, you know, I came to terms with, like, it's okay to, like, walk away from this, like, because you've decided that that's not what you want. It's not, you're not here because you want, you're not genuinely there to be there because you want. So, um the only thing that I think I've retained is like still like doing like the sign of the cross. Like that still brings me comfort. Like that still makes me feel like that's like my on button to like pray. And when I'm done praying, I do it. Amen. Um, you know? Yeah. I, I find um, myself uh, doing that at, at times as well still. But like, I was never like, we were never really big on like rosaries and all those little chains and all that stuff. My family didn't do that. So I didn't have any of those, uh, you know things i i don't even think i have a cross up anymore because it was just like why well, you know but as a kid was there like tons of imagery in your house and in your family's houses there was there was substantial uh definitely at like grandma's house there was a lot you know there was that there was there's like memes of like if you were like mexican and you were a kid you know this portrait of jesus and like she had it there's a lot of that uh, a lot of like fucking like pope memorabilia like little calendars and shit and like a picture of John Paul II. We were like taught to like revere John Paul II and or John Paul whatever the fuck fourth. I don't I don't know. John, you know the Pope that was prominent during our childhood. One of the John which Pauls. I used to like have real real like respect for, but like I don't know. Like I the more I read as an adult, the more I'm just like ah, like he was just another another Pope. You know. Yeah. Um, and I uh, feel like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, like like that like the respect for uh like the popes um kind of like i felt a resurgence of it like post religion with like uh pope francis francis is but a game then, changer dude that dude was trying to you know he's trying to trying to change the way some things are done because he's like i don't know those franciscan people usually seem to be right. dialed into uh the real like compassionate nature of everything that, that's what I thought initially too, uh, but then like then I like I had to like question myself and be like, is he or is he just like playing the game well? Like, is he a good politician? You know, but in in the in the Pope position. Yeah, you know? absolutely, dude. Um, because he has said some stupid shit too. You're, but you're, he has some, yeah. he he he's done some shit that I'm just like, all right, cool. Like he's look he's okay with like uh, modernizing the church in in little bits at a time. You know, like uh, pushing those boundaries that were kind of never really like touched like fucking I, I think he said like it's cool for us to like talk about like science and evolution because god said let's label everything in the bible so that's what science is so kind of trying to like kind of trying to do the homily with like you know uh, current event things right uh with his actions um but he's also let a lot of like fucking like pedophiles off so right yeah, i don't know yeah i think that's just such a fucked up system that it's like it's it's cool that he's kind of like moved it forward in in any way because i'm sure it's like right. really difficult to do so but i also understand like the pushback there or like the ill feelings towards the towards like yeah him not really taking care of everything you know but i just don't yeah. know if that's even a a possible thing um right 
It's yeah. a wheel that hasn't been turned in a while, so even if he turned it like a quarter inch, like, hey, like, at least he moved it, you know? Sure, yeah. Did you, uh, like, when you stopped showing up to even those, you know, those once or twice a year occasions to church, are you starting to, yeah. is there some friction between you and the fam at that point? Or are they, like, kind of upset or disappointed that you're not attending? Or did they, or did, were you able to, like, communicate some sort of understanding that, you are receiving the message and the spirituality that you feel like is fulfilling for you in these different areas. Yeah. Like, I mean, they would give me shit once in a while and be like, are you going to church? But like, they were like respecting that I was an adult now and doing what I chose or whatever. Um, but like, I felt like we actually, for the first time had really good spiritual conversations. Uh, Cause my grandmother lived with my mom for a good while before she passed away and like um like i would always go over and like sometimes me and like my grandma would get drunk and we'd start kind of just like getting deep into these conversations right and i'd always make sure to like 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 you know talk to her about like hey like what's your perspective on the catholic church like you get that like god is god and and it doesn't matter about the catholic church right and she was like yeah and we would ha- when we'd get into it and like like really like discuss what we felt god was and how we were able to like you know now as adults you know be able to like put ourselves outside the religion and be like yeah you know like the catholic church is just a a thing you know that's that's human god is separate from that um and we had the and i brought up that whole like um making sure that when you die like you try to reach out for god like that that's where you you put your mind ready for that at all times um, because I was like, you know what, like one day she's going to pass away. And if like, I never have this cool, like conversation that I feel is important in terms of like our existence with somebody that like, I hold dearly like that, then like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, doing her a disservice in, in the fact that we didn't bond on that spiritual level. And we did, and it was like, great, um, to, to have those discussions before she did pass away. Yeah, dude, those interactions are super special. I've gotten to have like similar uh, conversations with my grandma about spirituality and like it's cool when you come to like an understanding of each other's uh, faith and whatnot. Yeah. It, it, it like, yeah, it sends the relationship to a different level sometimes I think for sure. Um, just to like kind of wrap things up, I thought it'd be nice to kind of tie it back into you being kind of into the, the Siddhartha book and kind of talking yeah. about that river, I think you can like take a lot of different things away from what he's talking about with the river as far as like the flow and ebbs and flows of life and stuff. But also mm-hmm. I think you can like take away some something like the lens that nature will kind of offer you when you spend some time out in nature. And I know that's something you seem to try to be out on a hike in in the woods you know, as much as you can, especially on the weekends, you're not afraid to make some crazy drives for a turnaround trip. So, um, I would imagine that spending time out there like really offers you a lot of like clarity and able to like be really present. Yeah, it's, it is. And, and it, that whole, the whole river, uh, imagery and like the, it, the, it really, the water imagery, like just like what you were saying about the wave and the droplets, it's the it's the eternity within that it's like when you're looking at a river it's this water that continues to get like to continues to flow and it never stops and the river itself 
keeps its shape but like in your head you're like fuck dude that's a molecule but like that molecule that i just saw is like somewhere the fuck else right now right it's the same and ever changing all at once right and that's nature and that's like out being out in what was before we were and like you know going back to uh god because like as humans we we tend to like drift away from him we we try to like make our own uh uh divinity here on earth when really we should be seeking it like within ourselves because that's what was there before we were there yeah those places just offer some calmness for me personally and just kind of make it kind of easy to identify these like natural wonders of the world and kind of you know realize how big certain things are around you and how it's you know there has to be something greater than yourself around if if like these like these wonders of the world exist you know why why is this so beautiful and why am i looking at it and why does it matter that i'm amazed by it why you know yeah i don't especially now with how much you know i myself and most people spend on their phones you know and and like just completely surrounded by technology at all times it seems like more and more important to like make those trips out into nature and kind of disconnect from those things right it's it's what's like ultimately real and like what it it's what we are like seeking to get back to because there's a lot of just extra shit that we're like putting on ourselves and and even though like you're on your phone you're like you're you're internal because you're thinking you're not you're in that phone now you're not in your head anymore uh you're plugging into that uh so we need to unplug and go back and yeah just seek that calmness in nature it's just overwhelming seeing so many people you know so many seeing so many people's shit too is just like it, it can we weren't a, meant for it man we weren't meant for the constant a lot constant of anxiety fucking twitter stream of like thousands of people what they have to say on something like we just we weren't evolved to do that at all right fucks with you um yeah man so would you say to kind of like sum things up or like where you're at now with it all this aside from like taking away some of the rituals and and kind of appreciating some of that stuff music and and nature is kind of like where it's at for you to like tap in to that uh that energy and what kind of keeps you in tune with all that yeah like uh like the whole catholic upbringing everything i'm like i don't i don't you know, I don't have a, a grudge or a, I don't view it negatively. It's like, it's, it's just what set me to where I'm at now. Um, it's not, it wasn't what was for me, but it like started me on the right path to uh, seek out that spirituality. Um, Cause there's, I know a lot of, a lot of friends that didn't have that and, and don't believe in anything in it. That blows my mind. Um, but yeah, uh, it, nature, music, is where uh, I find that connection directly and like internally and I can feel it and I know it's there. Amen. Amen, brother. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Appreciate you, you, uh, you know, jumping on and getting extra buttered, getting extra stoned with us and kind of like talking yeah, to us about your, uh, your spirituality, your journey, man. Yeah, dude. Well, no, thanks for asking me, dude. This was a lot of fun. It was a 
it was it was really cool to get into all those ins and outs because I don't have a lot of uh, friends that are you know down to have those conversations so up front. Yeah, I think we've found that through this podcast that like a lot of the people we're talking to, especially the ones where like the majority of people thus far have been people that uh, that don't identify with the religion anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think we have found through doing this podcast that we're having a lot of those similar experiences for people where they're kind of like for the first time in a long time, they're kind of talking about, you know, spirituality or their uh, religious upbringing, you know? So it's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun to kind of like have those conversations. And like I said, at the beginning of the conversation, this is something that you and I, you know, over our like 10 to 15 year friendship, we've never, you know, really spoke about spirituality so much, you know, we've talked about psychedelics and, and trips and journeys within that, but yeah, not so much just, you know, spirituality or religious upbringing. So it's cool to, you know, get to know you in a different way for sure. Oh yeah, man. Likewise, likewise for sure. Well, fucking yeah, dude. Thanks for, thanks for doing it and taking the time to, to jump on the line with us. Yeah, man. No, it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Good to meet you good chat hey like appreciate you chris all right guys um you can shut off oh all right he pieced it out already right yeah fucking a uh that was an extra buttered episode i got daryl daryl got too stoned maybe (laughs) maybe Yeah, I, and like I said, I, I took just like a couple. No, yeah, you puffs. took a few. Ri- the the whole joint is pretty much there still. Yeah, man, I'm still feeling like what's going. What happened? Sometimes it just hits you, you know. Sometimes, Sometimes. you know that's. The, I think I think that's the joy of uh, having uh, two people hosting. If you if you do um, get too stoned on this program, yeah. you can you can just kind of sit back and observe the hey, conversation. Daniel, would you like to drive the car? <laughs> you want to steer today, bud? Uh, that's kind of fun though. So yeah, it's a fun thing to, to counterbalance. But um, for sure. again, uh, a cool thing for me personally to have like some not not quite a childhood friend like Seth. I didn't I didn't know Chris growing up like that. But yeah, we've known each other since our early 20s, our real formative years and shit. Sure. And uh, like I told him, it's just kind of fun to uh, to have the opportunity to have like a much different conversation than we've ever had before. Right. Right. So, yeah, man. Shout out to Chris for coming on. I didn't check the emails, but I'm assuming we don't have any. It'd be, safe, it'd safe be assumption. Sick if somebody sent us an email, it'd be really, really cool if you you sent us an email or uh, hit us with a, a DM on the old Instagram. I'll put all the links in the episode notes as well for uh, for our guest Chris Portillo, who was kind enough to uh, to come get baked with us on this particular episode of Bible Buzz. Buzz, Bible Buzz, <laughs> Bible Buzz, Bible yeah. Buds. <laughs> uh, most excellent. Um, and uh, we're gonna sail it out with a a smoke, pray, love, and don't be a fucking racist. Bless up.